The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Hey, we're live. And we're live without Clay Link. I'm Todd Zola filling in. I'm uh, giving my sidekick chair. To Justin Mason, who has uh, graced us with his presence in a very upcoming busy weekend for Justin. We're going to let him explain in a moment for those that haven't heard yet. Uh, main reason why he invited him on is long to get his knowledge on two-star pitching. Clay is visiting some family, which is always good, right? You, uh, I'm sure you're a family first guy. I mean, I try, I try to be. My, my wife would argue that maybe I'm not, but I, I try to be. Okay. You got you to gotta, gotta carve out time for, for family. Absolutely. So Clay's taking a couple of weeks off to visit some family, catches some ball games. But I think everybody knows Justin Mason, Friends with, friends with Family Benefits. And uh, tell us what you got going on this weekend. Yeah, this weekend is Potapalooza 2022. Uh, typically, I do Potapalooza, which is a two-day live stream event in the spring, right, right before the start of the season uh, to kind of get everybody help prepped for, for the drafts and stuff. But uh, with the lockout, I decided not to do it this year uh, and going to try to just put it together for this weekend and try to help people in the second half. I know a lot of people are transitioning over to football, but some of us diehards are, are still full force into baseball. And so, uh, yeah, tomorrow from 10 a.m. till 6 p.m., uh, Eastern Standard Time, we will be doing uh, uh, hour-long panels, uh, both Saturday and Sunday, with some of the biggest names in the industry, including Todd Zola. Well, I got a small name. I only have eight <clears throat> letters. This is true. This name. is true. Uh, this is why only this thing, is why only we... thing about me that's well, not the only <laughs> thing, but pretty much, you know, as far as my names go. Anyway. So, uh, and you can win prizes. So uh, this is a charity event. We're raising money for Big League Impact, which is an organization founded by Adam Wainwright uh, to raise money for lots of different charitable causes around the country. For every dollar you donate, you get a raffle ticket towards winning some pretty amazing prizes, um, including uh, subscriptions like Master Ball uh, is got a subscription that they're giving away. Um, we've got the process from uh, Tanner Bell and Jeff Zimmerman. We've got bobbleheads, baseball cards, and for every $1,000 we raise, uh, I'm going to give away a spot in next year's TGFBI. So if you've not been able to win your way in and you're not in the industry to automatically get in, if you want to get in TGFBI, this is your last chance um, is to win one of these spots. So, so far we've raised almost $500. Uh, last year we raised $8,000 over the course of the weekend. Um, so for every thousand dollars we raise, get a spot in. Got eight people in last year from Potapalooza into this year's CGFBI, hoping to get somewhere close to that this year. 
You know, had I known it was Adam Wainwright, I may not have accepted the invitation. <laughs> I, I, I've told this story on air before. It's kind of, at this point, it's really old. But it was an FSTA, at the time, FSTA draft. And Lar Michaels, the late Lar Michaels and I were, were a team. And they wanted to interview us on air. And we're standing there with with VK Adams, who at the time was, you know, who's now doing, was it Dick Sporting Good commercials? Mm-hmm. So good for her. Anyway, uh, so she's standing there waiting to interview us. And she, like, whispers to us, like, she's like, Adam Wainwright just called. He's talking about how he was drafted too late. I, I don't think I'm going to get to interview guys. So we were <laughs> bumped from an F- a Sirius XM FSGA Broad, broad, uh, broadcast because Adam Wainwright wanted to complain about how low he was dry out. So it's such a it's, it's, it's cool. I, I was got a kick. I, out I of remember it. this. That was so funny. He uh, you called into the Sirius and was complaining that I think he went in the eighth round of that so, draft yeah, and yeah. that that people were going to regret not taking him in the first round. It was very very funny. I, I, you probably didn't know that Laura and I were like waiting in the lurch with with <laughs> Kay, but but that's it's all it's all good. Uh, anyway, good for Kay. Good, yeah. Kay, Kay, now, yeah. Kay went from uh, being, you know, interviewing us to what she's doing now. Good for her. <laughs> All right. Um, so uh, we don't have to go through everything, but a um, couple, a couple of the highlights maybe of the of the first day of the Potapalooza, including what am I doing? Uh, you, my friend, are. Um, of course, I'm trying to find the schedule. Uh, you are doing. Uh, on Sunday at 3 p.m., you and uh, uh, Kev and Nicholas Gott are going to be talking about hits and misses from this season. I'll be really excited for that one because uh, uh, that may be the most um, personality-packed uh, hour uh, with, with you, Kev, and Nick. Um, so that that's going to be a lot of fun. It's with, uh, I didn't know it was Kev. I Mm-hmm. I had played. I had picked other people's answers for my uh, <laughs> for my for my hits and misses. I better come up with my own. Yeah, jeez, uh, 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 talk about inside jokes or 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 you know jokes intended for small audiences. Anyway, uh, what we normally do on Fridays, Clay and I, is we go over the two start pitchers. So I, I just has got a bunch of work to do. So we're gonna we're gonna run through these. We'll get let him get back to making the schedule and the old family time. And we're going to go through the two-star pitchers, and we want to give this caveat, as we always do, but this time we really mean it. It's subject to change. we got got hug watches, right? We've got injuries that, you know, pitchers aren't sure if they're coming back and maybe coming back and surprisingly coming back. So um, I I, I post the rankings on Saturday. So the preliminary rankings are, are on Saturday. Then I update them on Sunday night, and I can't promise that that'll be the rotate. At least I can. I can promise it won't be the rotation <laughs> for the rest of the week. But we're all dealing with the same information, and it's the best we can do. So the two start pictures will be posted on Sunday night. Uh, slash try if you're not a subscriber, and it's a, a free trial, no credit card needed. A uh, couple days, check it out, check out everything. Enough of the gratuitous plugs. Let's jump right in. Call up the grid. We start. I always feel bad for the Nationals. Even when I do my stuff, I always do them last. So I always pay least attention to their lineups and their, you know, because I just want to get it over with. And I do them in alphabetical order. Um, I feel like going in reverse order now just to not, to, but I'm, but I'm not going to. We're going to start with Arizona and Tyler Gilbert at his home, home with San Francisco and at Atlanta. 
zero to five, Justin, make up your own scale. Five we usually keep for the studs. Zero you want nothing to do with. And then however you want to go in between. Tyler Gilbert, I don't think he's a zero or a five, but where does he rank in between? Uh, he's pretty close to a zero for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got a Giants team that uh, platoons really, really well. Um, and some of their left-handed bats right now, like Austin Slater and Darren Ruff, are, uh, or sorry, right-handed bats um, that hit lefties really well, like are, are in that lineup and hot. And uh, and then you got to go to at Atlanta. No thanks. I, I don't want to. Okay. All right. So, I, so you're going to go zero. Mm-hmm. You know what? You talk me into it. Um, I, 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 I'm going to agree there. Uh, I'm going to go with the zero as well. I think also you need to be a little more conservative this time of the year. And it's all, you know, it's all contextual mm-hmm. as well. Uh, we shouldn't be too long on Max Freed at Philadelphia and home against Arizona. Yeah, I mean, that's a five. I, I mean, you could say he was, you know, at the, at the Rockies or in Coors against the Dodgers, and I'd still be going for Max Freed. He's just been so good this year. He's yeah. really turned himself into a lead pitcher. No, absolutely. Kind of took the playoff uh, success and carried that over to be a real leader in that staff as well. Uh, Spencer Watkins and Kyle Bradish. They both are home against Tampa and on the road in Cincinnati. Uh, where are we with uh, Watkins and Bradish? Watkins, I feel a little bit more comfortable about because Bradish has had a real home run issue, and going to Cincinnati feels a little bit like a trap game, even though Cincinnati's not necessarily a great team. Just that that ballpark. All the Baltimore pitchers have been really helped out by that ballpark change. And it's yeah, been yeah. it's been insane just how uh, much they've benefited, uh, benefited from it. I would probably go for – and I, but I've actually liked what Spencer Watkins has done so far. He's quietly been really, really good since, uh, since making his debut. So I'm – I'll, I'll go like three on Watkins and two on Bradish, and it could move Bradish up to a three if you're really like seeking for strikeouts because he can get you a ton of strikeouts. He just might give up two home runs that game. Yeah, by on the thirty first, uh, the deadline is the second trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Since he's may may either be sitting people that may be traded, or they may be playing triple a guys at this point so a lot of that i don't know that you can anticipate it but you never that you may get we may luck out on their second start Watkins, you, you kind of mentioned there I, I forget the name of the of the bias but we all you know it, it's so hard to get rid of first impressions and first impressions of Watkins weren't that great but like you suggest he's found it at least yeah. better than he was so you know it's it's not quite what have you done for me lately but no i'm, I'm kind of with you I think Bradish is a slightly better pitcher, but he may not be there yet. Um, I'm going to go threes for actually for, for both, anticipating that that Cincinnati has got a lesser of a lineup in at that point. Uh, we'll see. Now, next up are the Red Sox with we've got Josh Winkowski. They haven't really announced their plans with with Sale now out. Uh, exactly what's going to be going on now? We've got we've got B Keller. Did they make did the Red Sox acquire Brad Keller? And I didn't they didn't tell me. Uh, no, I mean, oh, it's Brian Keller. I was about to say, I hope not because I in DFS today I'm stacking yeah. against Brad Keller. So. Yeah, all right. So <laughs> we are this the site is expecting Brian Keller to be called up hmm. to work on Tuesday. He doesn't, he, he will not have two starts. So, 
if Josh Winkowski gets two next week, home against Cleveland and home against Milwaukee, where are we ranking Winkowski? Winkowski has been really bad at Fenway. He's got a 529 ERA. Um, uh, he's, you know, given up three home runs uh, and 10 walks in 19 and uh, in two thirds innings. I would probably put him closer to like a one, to be honest, even though the matchups aren't that scary. You know, I'm not so concerned about the home and away thing, uh, 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 you know, small samples. He hasn't looked great, but I mean, I would probably, I'm, I'm with him on, I'd probably use him over with the two home matchups against offenses I'm not scared about. I'm with kind of on a par with the Baltimore guys. So I'm going to go three. And if people think that's a homer pick, so be it. But that's kind of where I am. I've got to get over this B. Keller not being Brad by my looking at my looking by the eyes. Uh, here's another guy that you got to get rid of first impressions. Keegan Thompson of the Cubs. Mm-hmm. He is home against Pittsburgh and then at your Giants. Um, three seems to be the number so far. Where are we going with Keegan Thompson? Oh, you said he's got home against the pit home against Pittsburgh. Oh, and then. At the Giants over the weekend. Yeah, um, I'm. I'm going to say he's a four. Uh, that's. Yeah, I mean he 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 has pitched a lot better as of late. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, Pittsburgh is clearly <laughs> one of the worst teams in baseball. Um, and my Giants aren't actually that scary. Um, especially against right-handed pitching. So, like, I'm not super worried about either of those matchups. Um, and at the Giants, it's it's nice to pitch in Oracle Park. So, yeah, I think I might go a four there. I have a premonition that Jeff Eriks and I are going to talk about the Giants for the first segment of tomorrow's MLB Network, Water uh, Wire Fantasy Baseball on MLB Network Radio. I just have a feeling that we're going to talk about the Giants for the first segment, maybe because we just recorded it. <laughs> and uh, and uh, one of the things that we talked about was uh, the 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 gravity principle, plexiglass, which they talked about last night on the broadcast. When you're that good, there's only one place to go, and that's down. Yeah. And the Giants have kind of done that, and they've had some injuries. But aren't they getting a little healthier now? They are getting healthier. I, I was talking about this uh, the other day um, that in 2021, like all the bounces went their way. Like everything right. that could go right did go right. And the regression caught up to them in the playoffs. Didn't it never caught up in the regular season. And the regression that caught up to them in the playoffs has continued on into this season. Like this is um, I don't think they're as bad as they've played as of late, but I also don't think they're anywhere close to what they did last season. Um, right. I'm the thing is they have such a fantastic starting rotation and a pretty good bullpen that if they can sneak their way into the playoffs. They can do some damage in the same way that they did in like 2010, 2012, 2014, where they weren't the best team in the playoffs, but they had the best starting four, uh, and that carried them through to the World Series. Yep, yep, no, absolutely. Just you know, is Houston and the Yankees and the Dodgers—they look like super teams. But let's get into the dance and see what happens. Mm-hmm. All right, talk about subject to change. We've got Louis Castillo starting next Monday. Uh, next Monday at home against Miami. Hopefully they'll have scored a run by then. And the second start is also at home against Baltimore. Assuming he's on the team for both starts, where are we going with Castillo? 
I mean, this has to be a five because the yeah. matchups are so good. You, I mean, you don't love uh, Great America Ballpark, but I mean, when you're going up against a Miami team that now just lost Jazz Chisholm first yeah. six weeks, yeah. and you got a Baltimore team that could be tearing down at any point uh, from the pieces that are making them a uh, halfway decent offense, um, you got to love it. So, yeah, it's an easy must start. And if Castillo has a better second half than a first half, like he normally does, which I'm saying kind of tongue in cheek, he may not give up a run the second half. Yeah. yeah. I mean, point being, you know, he's oh, he's a slow starter, warm weather, cold weather. He, I mean, he started out, he missed his debut was late, but he's been crushing it. Yeah. All right. Let's see. We have Zach Plesak home against Boston for the Indians. Uh, there we are, you know, twenty feet from from Main Street. The sirens are kind of sounded like the fire truck. I'm about I'm, I'm a half a mile from a hospital, two blocks from a police station, and the fire station's kitty quarter. So uh, <laughs> I've managed to get most of the sounds out, but the sirens I just can't I can't figure a way to block the sirens. So anyway, uh, Zach Plesak, and I hate when I'm listening on the radio and I hear sirens because I always think that not that this is on the radio. But I, I, I don't you? Oh no, they're coming to get me! But no, it's just some damn song that's got a siren in it, or, but, or some goofy podcaster that's on Main Street. Anyway, Zach Plesak, home against Boston, and on the no, sorry, on the road against Boston, and on the road. This is why Clay leads this thing. On the road against Boston, and on the road against Tampa. Plesak's pitched a little bit better lately. He's still the strikeout have not come as some people expected. But at least he's leveled off into a you know palatable pitcher. But on the road against Boston and Tampa, where are we putting them? Who um, I think this is really dependent on like what your team context needs. Now, if like you're in a quality start league, Plesak's a much more valuable pitcher because he's gone six innings yeah, yeah. in all but like four or five of his starts this year. Um, that Boston starts a bit scary. I'm not as worried about the Tampa Bay start. I think I put him kind of like a three. I think he's kind of on par with those Baltimore guys. Um, you know, I would, yeah. if, if I'm looking for strikeouts, you know, I would leave Braddish. If I'm looking for a quality start, I'd probably leave Plesak. Yeah. Tampa is, Tampa isn't as scary as they've been. They're kind of like San Francisco in the platoons mm-hmm. and having a bunch of players injured. I think it, it makes sense that we're seeing a lot of mid grades because of the, you know, coming out of the break, you, you, Teams re rejigger their their rotation, maybe leaving an all star out a bit. So we're getting a lot of threes and fours in the rotation starting on Monday, which puts a lot of threes and fours in mm-hmm. our rankings because that's what they are. Uh, Chad Cool uh, at Milwaukee and home against the Dodgers. Oh, home oh. being Coors Field. Home versus the Dodgers is the really scary part, but he has actually pitched better at home than he has on the road. Uh, I'm going to say this is like a, a two and a half, maybe a three. Um, I just I want him to get out of Coors. Uh, I want him to get traded. I think he will be traded at the deadline. Um, so maybe there's a chance he gets traded before that Dodgers start and you get saved. Uh, from having to go up against the Dodgers. But I think it's pretty risky. That Dodgers team is just so good, even when it's not like at full bore. What if he gets traded to the Dodgers and he gets to face the Rockies? I'd be I'd be pretty happy with that. <laughs> um, I, I wrote a piece. Coors is undefeated. Uh, if you're, you know, success is fleeting. 
And as well as he's pitched, it's it's an, it's a, not so much a mirage because he pitched well, but it can't be repeated. I'm gonna, mm-hmm. especially if you're in a ratio in, uh, ratio uh, tight race, I'm, I'm, it's a zero. Coors Field is just is just that bad. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, the White Sox coming out of the break need more, you know, need a couple of off days because it's been a strenuous week for them to, to play. Ah, man, I hate the schedule. A Monday and a Thursday off coming mm-hmm. out of the break. But this is what you got to do when you, um, you know, with the with the interleague game. So they're going with a five man. So they don't have any two star pitchers, but they're at Colorado early in the week. Oh, that's going to be interesting for, for, for hitters. Do you do you use your Jose Abreu? Do you use your Yohan mm-hmm. Tata? In an NFBC half week with two games and cores, I guess it uh, clearly depends on who you have. Yeah, but, um, yeah, that's one of those one of those decisions because all it takes is one homer, and you you know you've you've earned your keep for that half of a week. All right, Detroit, Ronnie Garcia home against San Diego, and Tarek Skubal also Tariq Skubal home against San Diego. Then they go on the road to Toronto over the weekend. So Ronnie Garcia first home against the Padres, away against. Toronto. Oh, uh, I mean, I don't think I want any part of those matchups. Uh, San Diego. Yeah, I, I know they haven't been as good, but like that's that's still a really dangerous offense. And then at Toronto, yeah, yeah there's no way I'm I'm going for that one. Yeah, especially because they're going to be adding Juan Soto, right? <laughs> they could. I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure every team is, yeah. is just filling him in their lineup. I saw an article from the <laughs> Athletic today. It's like the Giants should trade for Juan Soto. Yeah, of course they should. Like, I mean, everybody should. Uh, <laughs> will they? And will the Nationals give him up? I don't know. 
You know, what's it? What, an interesting point, though. Would Juan Soto sign with San Francisco? You know, well, so hard to hit homers. Um, I, it, I, you know, unless you're a, a pull hitter, and but he hit as we saw in the in the Derby, he goes all over the place. Mm-hmm. So I mean, if he if he if he, you know Hall of Fame aspirations, I don't know that I don't know that San Francisco is the park that he wants to play in. But um, you know, show me the money, I guess too. Yeah. Uh, the uh, who was the second pitcher? Oh yeah, Terry Scoobel. Where are we going? I mean, uh, he had. I mean, he he's cut down on the strikeouts. I mean, sorry, on the homers. But he hasn't maintained quite the uh, the level of dominance and control. So we did, you know, he, he cut down on the homers. They're creeping up lately. Is I mean, we, we're kind of in the three range. Does he go higher than the three? That Toronto one scares me. These I think with me, I'm still at a three, but I can see where he could have a couple better games. Yeah, I think I'm still at a three, especially against a Toronto team that when they make contact, they make hard contact and and Scooble, uh for his strikeout ability also still allows like above average zone contact. So yeah. I just worry that you know you got guys like Bichette and Vladdy and Springer. Um, if the, if you let them make contact in the zone, that ball is going to go far and it could be really ugly. Yeah. He's doing a better job changing eye levels, which mm-hmm. I think is helping keep the ball in the yard. But yeah, he's not the, the dominance hasn't quite been the same, at least from what I've seen. Um, I'm curious what Hughes is going to do, you know, long term over the break. Can you really go with a six man rotation when you've got Justin Verlander in it? I don't, I don't know. Um, that seems to be what they're doing, at least for now. And these things usually take care of themselves. Somebody gets mm-hmm. hurt, etc. But at least coming out, we've got a six man, meaning Jake Odorizzi is going to get the two starts. At Oakland and then home versus the, I don't know, they're not upstart anymore, but the the surging Seattle Mariners. Yeah, and I mean, Odorizzi uh, finished on a pretty decent note uh, in two starts against Oakland, one seven-inning shutout, and then a five and a third where he gave up three but struck out five. Um, I mean, I think anytime you got an Oakland matchup, you want to try to <laughs> take advantage of it. I mean, that, that might be the worst team in the that any baseball team has put together in the last 10 years. So yeah, I mean, Seattle's becoming more scary. And I think once the trade deadline gets here and they add to it, they'll be even that lineup will be even more scary. But for right now, I think Odorizzi is probably a four. I'm not, I'm a, I'm a two. Actually, I'm uh, sorry, folks. I'm not writing these down. Like Clay does any, and he reviews them afterwards. So uh, uh, maybe I'll go and listen to it and write them down and post the stuff. Now nah, I won't do that. I'm not going to even lie. But apologize for not that. That's why I'm the sidekick more often than not. Uh, but but yeah. So I'm gonna I'm actually going to because I don't believe in Odorizzi. Um, oh, that Oakland matchup. Though. I'm, I'm sure you're yeah. fine. I mean, I'm sure you're finding the same thing as I am in that it's not. It's easier to stream this year, not because there's more pitches to stream. There's just more teams to stream against. There's a real discrepancy oh. between the good teams and the really, really bad teams. Like there's there's really three team or three tiers of teams this year. There's the elite, there's kind of the middle of the pack where my giants go, and then there's these god-awful teams. Um, and and so yeah, it becomes a little bit easier to stream if you have these opportunities against these really, really bad teams. Yeah, so then it becomes I mean, all right, the Oakland's gonna score seven runs every once in a while. You you know, the successful streamers happen to miss that one mm-hmm. right they happen to go with somebody else that day 
Uh, it's just that's it's just there's just certain Detroit, Pittsburgh. You know, you you're looking for those Miami at this point. You're looking for those matchups. Baltimore is no longer in that group. I don't think you, mm-hmm. can, you know they used to be, but you can no longer put the Orioles in that group. The Royals. We've got Chris Bubich, and we've got Angel Zerpa taking uh, two starts. Both are home against the Angels and on the road against the Yankees. We'll start with uh, they're both lefties. We'll start with Chris Bubich. Where are we putting Bubich? I don't think I don't think he's a zero. Um, Man, he's pretty. He's pretty close. Yeah, with the Yankees, it's hard though because that Angels team is the exact opposite, right? Like you just have to get past Trout and Otani, um, and maybe you'll get lucky and one of them will have a day off or something like that. Uh, And and then that lineup. I mean, I could hit fourth in that lineup right now. Um, So it's but that Yankees lineup, man, they are playing the best ball in baseball, and they really can just take just about anybody deep, especially Chris Kubich and Angel Zerpa. So, like, I think both of them are probably, like, maybe not zeros, but maybe they're a half. They're not quite a one, but uh, it's a pretty bad option because you you could have your whole month destroyed in one game by those (laughs) Yankees. Zerpa's a zero for me. I'm going to go with one with Bubich, but I'm not going to I'm not going to laugh at anybody who who sits him that week. Mm-hmm. You know for sure. Um, you, you mentioned you know Yankees. I kind of came to this. It's a, I don't think I think epiphany is a strong word, and a, you know kind of recency bias. But I think Houston. Well, they have the Yankees number. They may be better than the Yankees, which kind of blows my mind with the Yankees run differential. And I see them a lot more often being an AL East fan. Uh, the fact that Houston, were they seven and zero against the Yankees? They they could be a better team, not just because of the seven and zero. They could be a better team. I mean, that's kind of scary because that's how I think the Yankees are ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they definitely could be. I think Houston's had a little bit easier road considering the members of their division. Yeah. And when you when the Yankees have got like the worst team in the Yankees division is a five hundred team Baltimore Orioles team. Like that's that's crazy that they're putting up that kind of record when the rest of the division is actually really good. So. Uh, whereas Houston gets like you know Seattle's now come on, but I mean Texas is still terrible. The Angels are terrible. The o- Oakland, like I said, may be one of oh. the worst baseball teams uh, constructed in the last decade. Um, like uh, I think I could easily see the Astros like having the top seed in the American League, but it'll be partially on the back of the fact that um, they don't have any competition, which oh, makes yeah. me wonder if they won't buy at the deadline because they don't need to whereas the Yankees will buy and get better overall at the deadline because they see the competition in that division no no I think you're right and you know I'm obviously seven and zero against the Yankees you know it has to be entering into my <laughs> into my gray matter but even so I just thinking you know matching up the old back when there were newspapers uh let's compare the first baseman let's compare the second baseman let's compare the shortstop I think Houston could you know get a lot of check marks I do too. Um, it's just it just because of my fascination with how good the Yankees are, it's kind of wow, Houston's really good too. And I'm mm-hmm. sure you can make an argument for the Dodgers, uh, yep. as, as well. Um, man, talk about I mean, I know that you are not a Dodgers fan and it wasn't the greatest ending to the ball mm-hmm. game last night, but from a pure, you know, I mean, every team needs a Mookie Betts just for, for baseball. Baseball would be yeah. better if it were 30 Mookie Betts's. 
Absolutely. Um, <laughs> and then I wouldn't feel so bad that one of my favorite players in the league is on my least favorite team. Like it's, uh, <laughs> I mean, Mookie getting traded to the Dodgers was an absolute dagger to my heart. And then of course now we, you know, I had to witness Max Scherzer and Trey Turner, two of my other favorite players go over there last year and Trey is still there for another season. At least Max is, is in a different spot. Yeah. Trey with uh man, I want to see him on dancing with the stars. I have a feeling he would crush with yeah. you know, catching that pop up with the with the pop up slide he's, like he did, <laughs> he's so smooth when he does that. Like oh. it's just it's it's unbelievable. So light on his feet. All right, where were we? All right, we're up to the Angels, and we've got Noah Syndergaard at Kansas City, and then they you know they're continuing to use their six man. So Syndergaard then another one of these easy offenses at home against the Rangers. So Syndergaard at Kansas City, home against the Rangers. I mean, it's harder to ask for a better matchup. Uh, or better mm-hmm. two matchups than that. I mean, Texas isn't super scary, even though Marcus Simeon's finally starting to come on uh, now. Uh, and pitching in Kaufman against that Royals team. Uh, yeah, I like that a lot. I mean, you're not going to get a ton of strikeouts like you used to from Thor because that's just not what his game is right now. Uh, but I think that's a pretty easy four um, and, or maybe even a five, uh, depending on, you know, kind of your other options. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna go yeah. – I'm gonna go three. I just uh, mm. the strikeouts matter. Uh, let's who who gets more stolen bases, uh, Whit Merrifield or Leotos Tavares? Oh, that's <laughs> a good question. Tavares has been great. Like uh, I I I was in on him last year, and man, do am I bummed I didn't pick him up off the waiver wire yeah. uh, when he got called up this year. But um, yeah, he's he's been unreal. I'll I'll, I'll take Tavares. Because the Rangers are running, and uh, and Kansas City hasn't run quite as much since Monday. Well, I'm talking, talk, I'm talking specifically against Syndergaard. Oh yeah, oh I know. <laughs> I mean Syndergaard. I mean, and those catchers are just awful. Yeah, heck, uh, Mondesi may get a stolen base in that game. He could uh, easily. <laughs> All right, uh, Tony Gonsolin and Mitch White, who we saw work last night, mm-hmm. home against Washington, and on the road against Colorado. We're uh, you know Gonsolin. I mean, you know it's it's. Low-hanging fruit, a little bit lucky on the first half, expect some correction. Mitch White actually pretty good last night, uh, better than he's looked previously, but at Colorado, how how much does that ding him? Mm, I, I think it dings Mitch White quite a bit because he he does tend to give up a lot of contact. Yeah. Um, and I just worry about it might not even be home runs, but just kind of getting dinked and dunked in that really huge outfield in Colorado. I think that drops him down to kind of like a two. Gonsolin, you know, obviously he's he's got to regret some. Like, I mean, he's, you know, right. I think he's like the third most valuable pitcher in baseball so far. It's, it's ridiculous. Um, but you got to ride it while it's going. And I, I think he's an easy four, um, even with that Colorado matchup. I'm going to go three in Colorado. Heck, regression started in the All-Star game for uh, Gonsolin. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's singing tongue-in-cheek. <laughs> Here's an interesting one. Uh, Trevor Rogers at Cincinnati, home with the Mets, and Pablo Lopez has the same schedule. But I mean, we you know Rogers, Jose Barrios, and Lucas Giolito. I have a feeling those three names are going to be spoken on your airwaves over the mm-hmm. weekend in various different panels for various different reasons. Um, so let's start with Rogers. Do we? Is there anything that we've seen in the underneath? that he could be coming back with a second half. Mm. I mean, I, I think it'll be better. I talked about this with Paul this morning about Rodgers. 
Um, and I and I told him like, I do think it's going to be better, but like I don't think we're going to get the Trevor Rogers experience from last year. And I'm start like in my main event, I've got or one of my main events, I've got Trevor Rogers, and I'm rolling him out there this week, but I do not feel good about it. Um, it's really because of a 15 team league with very little replacement um, on the waiver wire. Uh, I feel like Great American Ballpark could crush him. The Mets obviously could crush him. Um, he's his last couple starts, he's looked better at points but he's also given up the big inning each time um and i just worry until that change up is is doing what it did last year we're not going to see the same form we saw last year so that sounds like a a two or a three yeah probably a two and a half okay um i'm gonna go two um yeah rogers is, is, is such a difficult i mean did we, i i don't think it's possible i think we did as a community and, and, and drafters, I think he put a little bit too much in the last season. Mm-hmm. And I, I think he may have been a little bit overdrafted, which feeds into what he's, you know, what he's done. If, if he was overdrafted, that means his range of outcomes included something like we're seeing now. And I don't think we considered mm-hmm. that as much as we should have. Pablo Lopez kind of exceeded the uh, innings that he pitched last season after he was hurt. Kind of showed it a little bit. Uh, was it yesterday afternoon? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, to me, I'm gonna. You know, I'll I'll give him a three. I think he, I like him a little more than Rogers, but you know, he should be a four. But I don't. I don't think he's pitching in, in that in that vein right now. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I think he's a three. He's definitely better than Rogers, but there's some real red flags. Especially, I mean, he's a guy who's had a lot of injury issues. Has not been able to hold up for full seasons yet. Um, it seemed like he really seemed like he was overthrowing and tired yesterday, um, which isn't something you want to see for someone coming off of the all-star break. And, so, with, and with shoulder and shoulder mm-hmm. history. Yeah, exactly. So I'm, I, it's, it's a three, but it's also like, I see lots of red flags around that three. Yeah. Curious what Miami is going to do. If uh, obviously I mean, they haven't scored a run in forever, they're probably not going to uh, be thinking themselves in the race they're going to want to protect some of those arms. Maybe they use Alcantara every other day. I don't know. <laughs> it might just, need to. Oh, it's just silly. No, I mean, all right, you know, they've got Cabrera and they've got Max Mayer mm-hmm. and um, we'll see if Lazardo comes up so they could, they could go to a six man and they, they mm-hmm. could do things to, to get innings on these young arms and still protect them. Uh, Minnesota and the Mets both are with the White Sox with only five games. And uh, it doesn't, doesn't appear either. Well, we never know. They maybe maybe you skip a starter. Uh, we're not sure at this point, but neither of them are scheduled for uh, two starts. So we'll jump onto the Yankees. Jordan Montgomery, another hard luck. I don't think he was a loser, right? Just a hard luck, mm-hmm. no decision. A hard luck, no decision coming out of the break. At all right, yeah, at the Mets, and then home against the Royals. I think that Royals matchup being so juicy um, hopefully outweighs uh, yeah. a dangerous Mets uh, matchup. And um, and Montgomery, I think, has quietly put together a pretty nice season. Um, there's been a few hiccups along the way, but I think he's really starting to shape into the form that a lot of people in the industry really uh, thought he would get to. Um, and I, I, I have a problem. Sorry. I think he's a four this week. No, I do too. I, th- I think he's – didn't he have a pretty well? All right, you know what? He is pitching better than last season. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's made. He, the, I'm looking at the whip especially. Yeah, um, he's he, fewer strikeouts, but I don't know if he's sacrificing 
you know, better control, you know, for, for the strikeouts or not lowering the whip. But I think you, I was going to say, isn't he just staying the same? But you're right. I think you can make an argument, at least as a pitcher, that he took a step up. Fantasy-wise, mm-hmm. the strikeouts may may hurt a bit. Uh, let's see. What do we have next? Um, did I did I miss a team, or am I just forgetting what we uh, what we talked about here? So I got Milwaukee. I got uh, yeah. I, I guess I, I I guess I skipped over Milwaukee with Aaron Ash mm. uh, Aaron Ashby. Um, we know he's <laughs> we know he's starting Monday. We're not exactly sure. We're pretty sure he's going to start over the weekend at Boston, but home against Colorado and on the road against the Red Sox, uh, Ashby. Where are we going with Aaron Ashby? Man, this feels a lot like Charlie Brown trying to kick a football. Um, Every time you think Ashby is going to like, he's doing, he's breaking out, it's happening. Like you you end up on your butt wondering what happened. Um, but I think that Rockies at home start, you always love to get those Rockies in an early, early game on, on a road trip, um, you know, away from cores. So I think that outweighs a little bit how scary a at Boston might be for him. So I'm going to say he's probably a th- in between a three and a four, like a three and a half. Uh, I like him better than maybe like the Baltimore guys, but maybe not as good mm-hmm. as some of the others. Yeah, I'm going to go two. Just I'm not – it's innings a concern. I, I don't know that – I'm not sure we're going to get five or six. That's a fair point. Normally, and I'm kind of the, you know, small sample, this doesn't matter. Normally, uh, using a lefty when the at home, when the Rockies are, you know, the visiting team, using a lefty, if you had only played DFS on those days and stacked against a lefty, you'd probably be rich. Um Colorado historically does terrible on the road against lefties. It's not as bad this year, which is weird because they don't have Trevor Story and Nolan Arenado. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the way they're, they're a little more effective. But I still like a lefty uh, at home against Colorado. I'll probably have to play DFS that night just to get some, uh, just to just to use Ashby against the Rockies. Um, let's see. So now we've got we're skipping the Yankees who's already done them, done them. All right, Oakland, which you know, we don't know. What, what trades they'll do, although Montas probably isn't going to get two anyway. So right now we've got Adam Aller penciled in uh, home against the Astros and on the road against the White Sox. Are we even considering Adam Aller? No, I think that this is a zero easily. Yeah, early in the year when Oakland was talking about using Oller as a, an, as a primary pitcher, I had a little bit of interest, mm-hmm. but as a starter, especially in these matchups, no, nah, count me out. Uh, all right, Philadelphia, Ranger Suarez, home against the Braves, on the road against Pittsburgh, and then uh, Brian Fal- Byron Falter has got the same matchups. So Suarez, is he pitching a little? Am I wrong, or is he kind of, I don't want to say rounding into form, but is it has it at least become palatable lately? Palatable lately? I don't know. I just I don't think. I mean, he's clearly not the same guy he was. Right. Coming that that at least well, I thought was he was you know going to be like be able to carry over some of what we saw last year. Um, well, you know in, why, right? Because he's not on the robots team this year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that may be it because i mean you know i really thought like he was he was a guy that you know he's obviously an elite reliever and then they transitioned him to a starter so quickly and he was able to go seven in a game like he, he like he he was able to and keep the velocity and but man he is just really not 
been what we saw at the end of last year, which is um, super disappointing. I don't, this is hard because I don't really want to have much to do against the Braves. Right. But that at Pittsburgh matchup is, is drawing me in uh, a little bit. I think he's probably like a three, but I could be talked up to a four depending on, um, you know, how, how, you know, especially if I get to see that, that Braves lineup before the game starts. And if maybe they have, they're sitting one of their guys, you know, sit, sitting in Acuna or in Azuna and to get one of those big bats out of the lineup, maybe I'd be willing to risk it. I thought I was going to have to talk you from one or two to a three. No, three, I'm going to go with a three as well. Uh, you know, again, short sample, six outings, selected inputs because he was, pro, he's, you know, he sucked the two mm-hmm. starts previous, but his past six starts, three, two, five, ERA, one, two, two, whip. I mean, again, surface stats. I don't like the you know 26 Ks and 36 innings a little bit light, but he you know he's not giving up homers and he's not killing himself with the walks. So I th- I think palatable if I'm able to say it correctly is probably what I feel with um with Suarez at this point. And of course I was talking when I talked to Robot uh, Phil Phil Deset mm-hmm. saw uh, last year lost Jacob Degrom picked up um, uh, Suarez because he was potentially going to close mm-hmm. and he didn't close he moved into the rotation and phil who you know magic touch midas touch last year and you know this year as well uh basically replaced the grom's numbers with suarez yeah. who came pretty darn close so it's just kind of a tongue-in-cheek joke that uh you know last yeah year. Phil, phil just i mean he he like when i was talking about the giants just like every bounce went their way yeah, last year yeah, for yeah, phil like yeah. every every bounce went his way on top of already being like really really good at just what he does <laughs> exactly that's what that's what happens all uh, right and falter do we even need to go no. yeah that's a zero right yeah all right pirates jt brubaker at the cubs home against philadelphia who that philadelphia start is a little bit scary but um, it's home, and I, I, Brubaker is a really, really interesting guy. He, he is he's one of those guys who has like all the right skills to put it together. He just never seems to. Right. I, I think he's a three. Um, I think he's an interesting uh, streaming option, especially in a deeper league. Uh, but I, I'm not like overly enthused by it. I'm gonna go two with the caveat, not so much caveat, but uh, part of what I do in my rankings, I, I post the NFBC roster ship. And anybody under fifty percent, you know, gets highlighted. Just kind of, you know, kind of a kind of an eyeball sort of thing. I'll bet he ends up as somebody who, according to my rankings, is worth picking up this week. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll we'll go there. All right, San, uh, San Diego without. Uh, I'm mean, sorry, with a with a with an off day, they don't have the schedule. They are continuing to go with a six man rotation. Brings us to Seattle, who has announced. They are going to be having George Kirby return. That was just, I know it wasn't so much administration. It was mm-hmm. just to keep him active. Um, you know, so he's coming back. So flexing home against Texas, as does Kirby. And then they're both, you know, on the road against Houston. Uh, Chris Flexen will start with Flexen. Uh, is he, is he in that three range that we seem to be so favor, you know, enamored with today? Oh man, that Houston start just scares yeah. Heck out of me, um, and it, I mean, I, I've been a flexing guy in the past. 
but I just worry that the lack of strikeouts don't doesn't make up for the potential of an uh, of a of Houston start. So I think he's at a two for me. Uh, okay. Kirby's yep. higher. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, you know, going on the the, the prospect talent pedigree. Um, I mean, I I can't I can't I need to see it from Kirby. I have him in the XFL. I'm probably going to have him started because it's it's you know, I I need the I need the strikeouts. I will have him going, uh, but I could also see instances where I wouldn't. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go two for both. Yeah, I think I'd go three for Kirby. I, I'm, okay. I'm just a, a big fan, but it, I am I am too. Two's, am two's too. probably right. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, it's with all within context anyway. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, San Francisco, uh, Jake Junis at Arizona. And then home with the Cubs. And it looks like Carlos Rodon has the same pair. So is Rodon easy? He's a five. Yeah, if if we went higher than a five, I think Rodon would be a, would be <laughs> that. Um, I mean, Arizona's been dreadful against left-handed pitching yeah, this yeah, year. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, definitely a definitely a spot I would love to take advantage of. Um, you know, he'll be he'll he'll probably be in my DFS lineup that night, even with a, a, a huge price. Um Junis. I'm a little bit more skeptical of just because I don't know what the innings are going to look like, but I still think he's a pretty reliable arm and they should be able to get him to at least five. So you have some win potential. So probably a three. Yeah, I know. I agree. Um, Junis is to me, he's going to be, you know, to, he needs to do what they thought Desclafani would do to make that Mm -hmm. second half run. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm surprised there's no doubleheaders this uh, this upcoming week. Yeah. Uh, at least not yet, anyway. All right. So the the Cardinals, even with five games, we've got Palante scheduled for two. I don't I don't know how that'll flesh out. Let's uh, let's just we'll rank at it shouldn't take you know at Toronto at Washington. Are we using Palante? Uh, I don't. Not at Toronto. I I, I mean, I know Palante's actually pitched fairly well. Um, but lack of strikeouts doesn't make up for the the potential blow up of a uh, of that Toronto lineup. So I, I don't think I would use them. And there's a risk that you don't get that second game, right? Absolutely. With, you know, mm-hmm. so if all you get is at Toronto, that's eh, kind of scary. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, let's see. We've got the the Tampa at Baltimore with Corey Kluber and Shane Sugar Shane, and the, over the weekend they are both at home against the Guardians. So we got Corey Kluber. I mean, McClan- McClanahan is probably going to be at the top of my ranking, so I don't, yep. that shouldn't take very long. That's easy. Um, yeah. And then do we? Th- do you think – which camp are you in as far as as the uh, remaining season unfolds? McClanahan, you're counting on six innings every time, or are we going to start to see some, some pullback as far as workload? I don't think the race can afford to pull back. I think they're 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 in just this heated race in uh, for the for a wild card spot, and their team is too beat up offensively to give anything back on the pitching side. So, like, I think they're going to have to push guys in a way that they're not used to because they don't have any sort of like guaranteed spot in the playoffs. So, I think I think they're going to be forced to pitch guy like uh, McClanahan. They've always had one horse, and I think McClanahan needs to be that guy. I think he needs to be, but yeah. I don't. You know, do they will they trust the innings increase? I think you're. I think there's. I think there's something in between. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, CC Sabathia with the Brewers a couple of years ago, and skipping starts. I think that they would be a little bit more liberal, but you still. I don't think you can still sacrifice long term for this year. 
I think there, mm-hmm. there has to be some of that in there. And if someone like Patino steps up, uh, maybe maybe they won't have to. Maybe maybe the Braves have got a wild card secured, and they could start to you know back off a little bit because that that arm is just. I don't know, uh, you know, how you feel or you know whatever, but I watch McClanahan, and it's like, all right, you know, I'm watching a good pitcher. And then you, you check the stats, 11 strikeouts in, in two walks and in seven innings. Like, really? I mean, mm-hmm. he, doesn't, he doesn't look like what he's, he doesn't look like he's doing what he's doing. He, yeah, he's, he's just so easy. Yeah, It seems, uh, yeah, I think easy is the right word. Like, it just looks so natural and so easy that you don't realize how much he's just dominating you. Yeah. Um, best, best trade I made this year in Tot Wars was I traded Kimbrell for, for McClanahan before the start of the season. Nice. Excellent. Uh, all right, uh, we gotta we gotta rush it, get get through the last couple of teams so you can get back to planning your Potapalooza. Glen Otto, home against the Mariners, and then home against the Angels. And Dane Dunning is going to be returning with the same pair. Nice matchups. Well, all right, Seattle's not the greatest matchup, obviously. Uh, you like the park. Um, Dunning could be an innings restriction. Uh, are there those guys worth hoping to get the good start against the Angels? That's really hard because I, I worry about both of their innings. Uh, and will yeah. they go deep enough into the game uh, to even qualify for a win? And it's not like Otto especially has been like anything special. I mean, it's he's given up, you know, at least three runs in four of his last uh, five starts. Um, yeah, I think they're both kind of like, low twos maybe even ones because i just don't trust them to go deep enough into a game yeah no i agree i mean if this first matchup was i don't know kansas city or detroit mm-hmm. and then at la maybe we'll be talking about a three for auto but mm-hmm. uh yeah i'd I agree now dunning i have to check the innings what he's done um in, in rehab and i minor league had the all-star break off too so mm-hmm. maybe 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 i know triple a did i don't know if double and and, and lower did so maybe he was able to get some games in. I don't know. He he went five innings uh, on the twenty first. So okay, um, face right. twenty batters. Okay, so he could get the five, but I mean, you know, is five innings enough against Seattle? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with a zero for Dunning, even though I still do like Dunning long term. I do too. Uh, all right, again, a name that will probably come up tomorrow or, or or Sunday, depending on which panel. Jose Barrios, home against the Cardinals. And then home against Detroit has looked better, at least the surface stats. The skills are still not where we want them for Barrios yet, but at least the surface stats aren't crushing us as much as they did in the past. Um, this time I'm confident he's not a zero. Yeah, <laughs> he's definitely not a zero. And we're starting to see that swing strike rate come up and the contact numbers come down. Um, I'm, I'm going to say he's a two just because I think there's such a potential for him to get blown up again. Uh, but I, I'm becoming more confident that Brios is turning it around. Yeah, he should be a four, but I think he's pitching like a two. So I'm going to go with a three. I'm going to trust. Makes sense. I'm going to trust, you know, St. Louis. I don't want to say, I mean, they're, they're, they're one of those offenses that, you know, you can beat and they can beat you, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it can go either way. Uh, and Rogers Center is not the worst place to hit. If the air conditioning's blowing out, it's a pretty good place. <laughs> so I'm going to go three. Um, I'm still I'm buying Barrios if he's available. Along, I am buying mm-hmm. Giolito as well. I have not made my decision on Rogers yet. 
um, as far as, uh, you know, comebacks. I think, is that my panel? I'll have to say. Uh, Hosea Gray, we're wrapping it up. Uh, Josiah Gray, uh, home against the Dodgers. Not good. No, sorry, on the road, on the road, at the Dodgers, on the road against the Dodgers, and then home against St. Louis. I like what I'm seeing from Gray. Uh, it may not manifest completely in the numbers yet, but the eye test, I think he's maturing, getting better. I don't want to, I hate to use the word maturing because, you know, in this sensitive industry that, you know, whatever. What do you mean? I mean, from as a player, as a ball player, he's developing. <laughs> you know how you know, mm-hmm. careful we have to be nowadays. Rightfully so. But, yeah, I think he's developing as a ball player. I like what I'm seeing. Uh, not enough to use against the Dodgers, though. No, no, that Dodgers matchup is too scary. Um, and even the the Cardinals, I mean, they, you know, when they have a good night, they could take you deep uh, uh, quite a few times in the middle of that lineup with how well Goldschmidt and Arenado and uh, other guys are playing. So, I'm, yeah, I'm staying away from that unless I'm just strikeout seeking because – what Josiah Gray can do is strike guys out and give up home runs. So if you don't care about the home <laughs> runs, you can go seek those strikeouts. So using the old method that I used to use with DVR, if I have, if I'm in five leagues, if I'm in five leagues, if I have Gray in five leagues, I get, I bet I'm using him in one. You know, yeah. I'm, I bet I need strikeouts in one. So using that archaic two or three year old means of grading, I can see where Gray would be a one. In my Tout Wars team, I'm pretty much at a point where I need to just punt the ratios um, and just rack up strikeouts. Uh, And I've got Josiah Gray, and he's that's what he's been doing. He's just staying in my lineup because I'm getting strikeouts from him, and I don't care about my ratios. That's, I mean, you wish you did care about your ratios, right? I wish I did, but I, I mean, until last month, I had a five ERA and an almost two whip. It just yeah. I I got every single bad blow up. It was it was it's it's, it's kind of liberating for at least one team. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're, you're you're strategizing, you're making smart moves based upon that. You know, you wish you didn't have to, but it is kind of freeing. You know what? He's at Colorado. I don't care. I'm going to use him because I need wins and strikeouts. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind nice. it's kind of liberating for one. Hopefully, you don't have to do that with all your teams, but it is kind of nice. And for one. and luckily, it's a league where it's so tightly bound at the top that I have a legitimate shot to punt both those categories and still potentially win. Nice. Excellent. I mean, one, one league where I've inadvertently punted saves and I'm, uh, I've now fallen to second, but there's a chance. So uh, mm-hmm. it's uh, it can be done. It's hard for an overall, right? It's, yeah. it's, hard, it's harder than overall, but it can be done in punting too. punting ERA and whip. It's a way to get in the money, but uh, Doug Dennis is doing it in AL labor. He wow. took advantage of the no innings, and he's going all relievers, and he's currently got about a six-point lead over Jeff Erickson. So uh, for those that you know don't know what we're talking about, AL Tout does not have oh, – Tout Warriors does not have an innings minimum, um, figuring if you want to mm-hmm. not use starting pitching and, and pretty much give up strikeouts and wins, uh, that's, your, that's up to you. It's Like I said, it's a third-place – it's a way to finish in third, not generally to win. You need a league like Tout Wars where it's kind of bunched together, right? And a non-keeper league where you, you kind of need the winning total to be down a bit for mm-hmm. it to be successful. Um, so, you know, Doug's, Doug's, Doug is pulling it off. So uh, going to get you out just about in that hour that we, uh, we, we promised. Real quick again, uh, for those that may have been tuning in late and 
too lazy to turn back at the beginning. This weekend, what, real quick, one more time, Potapalooza, what do we expect? And out of, yeah, you know what we didn't talk about? Where do we find it? Oh, yeah. So you can find it. I'll be streaming everywhere. All my social medias, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, um, YouTube, and I also put it on Fangraphs. Uh, I'll, bet, I'll bet a link in an article there. Um, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Saturday and Sunday, uh, all day live streams, hour long panels uh, with some of the brightest uh, people uh, in the fantasy industry, including Lord Zola himself, uh, going to be on uh, one of those panels. Uh, we're raising money for Big League Impact. Every dollar you donate, uh, either via PayPal or Venmo, uh, Justin Mason, fantasy at gmail.com is the PayPal. Uh, at Justin Salinger is the Venmo uh, gets you entered into a raffle ticket to win pretty amazing prizes uh, and go support uh, some uh, really good causes through Big League Impact. So uh, if, if you can't catch it live this weekend, you can catch the replay over on um, on YouTube. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait. Special guests or what you see is what you get. The wife going to pop in on occasion? I'm sure she will pop in on occasion. Um, so she's going well, to be. She's beyond a special guest at this point. I, I think so. You know? At this point, she's she might she she's actually my manager. A lot of the tweets you're seeing going up for this right now are her. Like she's just she's taken over my Twitter account. Well, um, I mean, she's just putting tweets out there for me. I mean, it used to be in wrestling when there was a run-in that was special. Mm-hmm. Now you, I mean, there's running every other. I don't watch it as much anymore, but there's a running there. You know, it's like when she used to pop in, it was special. Now mm-hmm. it's like, you know, where is she? Come on, it's been a whole episode. Yeah, I, I think hour. I think most people are pretty uh, pretty upset when she, <laughs> when I'm there and she's not. So, ah, uh, just kidding, Danielle. All right. Anyway, <laughs> thanks a lot, Justin, for taking some time, filling in for Clay, uh, off with some uh, uh, seeing some family. Appreciate you giving us some of your time and your knowledge. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. And, uh, well, talk to you real soon, a uh, couple days. Yep, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Todd. All right, Justin, thanks. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.